0: to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Detroit has had an outsized influence on popular music for about as long as pop music has existed. We all know how Motown changed the entire landscape for black artists and also transformed the very DNA of American pop music in all its forms. But Detroit's influence doesn't stop there. Post-Motown soul, modern jazz, the invention of techno here in Detroit, the dawn of hip-hop and garage rock, you can trace the roots of all of these musical trends to right here in our city. Today, we wanted to talk more about that history with a familiar voice right here on WDET. Chris Campbell is the host of The Progressive Underground, which you hear on WDET on Sundays, at 8 p.m. Chris, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Hey, how's it going, my brother? How good. are you?
0: It's good to have you here. It's, uh, this is unusual. We never get to do radio together. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, but uh, I don't get to talk to you. Yeah, um, we're kind of like two ships in the night or the day <laughs> passing. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, so let's start with just that the, the importance of that history. And I think uh, there are a lot of folks in our community who – don't necessarily know how much influence Detroit has had over all kinds of music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, really Detroit is kind of like the epicenter for music. Just uh over a myriad of genres and all over the world, you know, the Motown uh, narrative and the dialogue tends to get a lot of the attention, but Detroit has uh, basically touched every genre from soul to R and B to rock, uh, to pop, to indie jazz and everything else in between. So yeah, it's, it's very much like an epicenter.
0: Yeah. So, so let's start with jazz, which, um, is, is, a personal favorite of mine of course uh and that's true because as I was growing up here in the city my dad was uh one of the one of the most uh, you know uh one of the most avid jazz fans I've ever known he listened to uh WJZZ 24 hours a day literally uh, <laughs> it never turned off in in his house uh and and so that's the music that I came to know as music before I knew anything else uh, but well, even as a kid as i'm listening to uh, to all of that music i i don't know that it dawned on me how much of it was traceable to here in detroit
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Actually, uh, Detroit was just one of the major enclaves of of jazz back in the day. I mean, even if we think of just the uh, venues uh, themselves, we've got landmark and legendary and iconic venues, uh, the Bluebird Inn, uh, the 20 Grand Ballroom, Baker's Keyboard Lounge, and these were venues that uh, the the big guns used to uh, perform at. Everyone from uh, Dizzy Gillespie to Miles Davis to uh, Coltrane, uh, they all uh, marked those uh, dates when they were performing at those venues on their national calendars. So Mm. that was a highlight uh, for their their year and, and really their careers whenever they did perform because Detroit audiences have always been, especially as it relates to jazz, they've always been very selective, very discerning and very picky. Uh, with uh, what they like is in terms of their taste of jazz. So jazz artists uh, back in the day and even now knew that when they came to Detroit, they had to bring their A-game. So the city's reputation as a jazz hub, uh, it, it started uh, in the um, back in the World War II era, but even continued in the post-war era. we uh, think of uh, like Charlie Parker. Um, he had a residence at the Bluebird Inn many times. and hmm. he's one of the most influential bebop Uh, artist of all time, and his work in Detroit drew uh, a new wave of modern jazz and talent into the city. Uh, Parker got Coltrane, uh, Sonny Stitt, Ahmad Jamal, Horace Silver, and then, of course, everyone knows that Miles Davis spent several months here in Motown. Uh, I want to say 1953, 1954, then again in 1954, 1955, and uh, that was a great time for him because, um, actually, when he spent the time here, that was also a period of sobriety for him. Uh, he was able to sort of kick his drug habit uh, when he was here in the city. So uh, he was able to really enjoy uh, a creative uh, block that mm-hmm. really helped inspire some of his work. And then, of course, uh, some of the artists that he played with. So Coltrane, as we know, was um, uh, someone that Miles Davis took under his wing and they were in the band together. Yes. and Uh, He heavily influenced him, and Coltrane went on to marry a prominent Detroiter, Alice McLeod, who became Alice Coltrane when they got married. And after studying abroad, she moved back here to the city and played jazz with uh, various other professional groups around the city. Uh, Terry Gibbs was uh, probably the most prominent, and uh, that was during the time when she got on Impulse Records, and her and Coltrane were this power couple in jazz. And so she influenced her husband's compositions, uh, some of his most um, memorable compositions, uh, Meditations, A Love Supreme. Uh, She was the muse for that. And even after Coltrane died, uh, she basically embraced and popularized a spiritual and cosmic form of jazz. And it it kept Detroit in the narrative as a uh, prominent jazz enclave, uh, jazz destination. And um, it basically just reinforces reputation as one of the most important jazz hubs in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's really something to think that all of the inspiration or a lot of the inspiration for what people now know as Coltrane and his sound comes from his association, this close personal relationship with, with a Detroiter, with a woman from Detroit.
1: Absolutely. And we've got a little uh, snippet of a clip um, from Alice um, because she sort of popularized that spiritual jazz component. So uh, we're going to take this off of um, Journey into Sacha Jananda. This is Stop Over Bombay.
0: That is uh, Alice Coltrane, Stopover Bombay, and you know, Chris, you can you can hear the overlap there, right, between yes. her and and John Coltrane, and there's no way to kind of dissociate the two.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, when we're talking about jazz and just some of the different variant styles of jazz, you know, I would be remiss to mention or not to mention Donald Byrd. Yeah, um, he was another <laughs> one. Uh, bebop, uh, a lot of the modal style, um, hard bop. Donald Byrd was already a, a very much established artist and one of the top artists in the genre. Um, you know, he's a product of Cast Tech, alma mater. So he is mm-hmm. definitely native to Detroit, of Detroit, product of Detroit through and through. Graduated from Wayne, U- Wayne State University, bachelor's degree, all of that before joining Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers in New York. But uh, in the 70s, he decided to sort of evolve his sound. And, and that was a time when uh, the whole jazz fusion movement was uh, beginning to really take hold. And Donald Byrd really took that and just put his imprint on it. And he became one of the faces of jazz fusion, soul jazz. You know, he added that R&B component to it and really helped establish just the sound of that. And an artist uh, took from that. You know, he started the Blackbirds, which was a fusion group consisting of his, Uh, student musicians that he was teaching at Howard University. And it was just a a mix of disco, R&B, and it just really made jazz even even much more accessible to a new audience, a new generation of uh, listeners.
0: Donald Byrd, is one of the first names i remember uh, yes. from from being a kid and and a musician uh the, uh the when he would come on in my dad's house uh my dad would would kind of light up uh and, and kind of dance around and he would say this is Donald Byrd uh, and i did know that Donald Byrd was from from detroit so uh but, yeah. so that's a, a huge part of our of our jazz legacy, uh, you know, you know, uh, th- there's also this, I, I think, related uh, gospel history history here in, in Detroit. I think that that, that sort of interconnectedness between yeah. all the great gospel music that comes out of here is is connected to to the jazz that uh, that we created as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, really, gospel is basically where all of your Detroit musicians came out of. That's where they, come they all from, played man. in the church. They all played in the church band on Sundays, and so a lot of your top musicians uh, came out of the Detroit church. Musicians, vocalists, and um, who comes to mind is the Reverend C.L. Franklin mm-hmm. and his family. You know, they were uh, the matriarchs of um, of his church, and uh, a lot of artists sort of came through that. And of course, Aretha Franklin. And, Many more uh, came through that church. Um, but in terms of just gospel music, uh, Detroit um, evolved that sound. Uh, we know that it was a, a spiritual-based uh, kind of a music, but Detroit was able to put a contemporary spin on its sound to the extent that you could hear gospel on the radio waves and in even club venues. And so artists such as, uh, BB CC Winans, of course, the Clark sisters, which I was so happy to see that, uh, documentary, uh, biopic on them, uh, last year, Mm -hmm. I think it was on lifetime television.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, which sort of just gave them their flowers, uh, because they really, uh, in the early eighties just kind of just brought this whole danceable sound to gospel. And I was hearing that on, uh, Normal stations, contemporary FM stations like FM 98, they were playing the Clark Sisters. You know, so it was a very um, interesting dynamic to see that. And uh, you know, I think of other artists like um, uh, Kiki Sheard, um, Bill Moss, and the Celestials. Um, there was just a plethora of Detroit artists that sort of came around um, 70s, 80s, early 90s, and yeah. just really had a contemporary spin on that sound, and just really took it to another level. Yeah. So I think we've got a sample. We do. Of, uh, one of their. Yeah. we've
0: got BB uh, and CC Winans' uh, Heaven, which uh, yes. we should take a listen to. Okay. And there again, you hear Overlap, right? Uh, that's a gospel song, but it also has incredible R&B influence. And, and those, both of those sounds are distinct Detroit sounds, right? You, you wouldn't listen to that uh, song and, and mistake it for, for coming from another city. It sounds it sounds like us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's the textures, uh, the production quality, um, and just even their their vocal style, it, it's completely unique to Detroit. And again, that goes back to the Detroit church. And uh just about, I would say, 90% of these musicians, <laughs> vocalists, they got their start and honed their craft in the faith-based institutions of Detroit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm talking with Chris Campbell, who's host of the Progressive Underground, which you hear Right here on WDET on Sundays at 8 p.m., we're talking about the really rich history of music here in Detroit and the influence that that history has over music that we hear today all over the place, all over the country, all over the world, uh, but also across so many different genres of music. Uh, A lot of times people think of Detroit and they think of Motown. They don't necessarily think of jazz or gospel or techno or hip-hop, all of which owe lots of their current uh, health and strength to roots here in Detroit. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what some of your favorite music trends are that have roots here in Detroit. Uh, What artists do you think had the biggest impact on modern pop music? Uh, And what do you think it is about Detroit that has such an outsized impact on musical trends. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Chris, the, I, I feel like if jazz was what I was sort of brought up on as a small child here in Detroit... It's the rise of techno and house music that defines kind of my late teen years and early 20s. And now, of course, really defines uh, Detroit. Uh, it's not just the festival we have uh, every year, but all of the music that is created here and inspired by uh, this city.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, if you're of a certain age and I I think we're there, we were right there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Techno was basically the soundtrack of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that came out in my teen years and, uh, you know, we're talking uh, mid eighties and on into the early nineties. And, um, You know, Juan Atkins, Derek May, and Kevin Saunderson, of course, uh, get a bulk of the attention when it comes to the development of techno and taking that to a global audience. But, you know, there were others, you know, Blake Baxter, Eddie Foulkes. They were also founders of uh, techno as well. And, you know, at that time, you know, we're we're in, um, you know, Detroit was sort of going through economic decline, uh, decay. There was a lot of different and various uh, socioeconomic issues. Uh, that was impacting the black community. So out of those uh, challenges came this music, which was uh, basically an answer, um, a reply to a lot of these things that that were going on at that time. So uh, Detroit um, also put a futuristic spin on this electronic music as well. And uh, the world just it just blew up, you know, especially overseas. Uh, once it got over to the UK and uh, Germany and Paris and Tokyo, it just totally took, took hold. But those weren't the only techno artists. Uh, there was a second and third wave of techno artists mm-hmm. that, uh, while they don't necessarily get the attention that the first wave did, um, they have a longer record of just galvanizing that sound all over the world. And so uh, they've been able to add uh, just different layers and different organics to just the production style. Because, you know, before techno was more of a four on the floor, four on the floor uh, type (laughs) of rhythm structure. Uh, had more of an industrial sound to it. Mm -hmm. But the second and third wave, uh, led by Carl Craig, uh, Theo Parrish, uh, Kenny Dixon Jr., a.k.a. Moody Man, uh, they added um, sort of a virtuosity uh, to that sound as well because they were musicians. So they added elements of jazz, which, of course, Detroit was an enclave for. There's elements of gospel and and spirituality in some of that house and techno music as well. And so the techno music of, of today sort of reflects um, all of these elements of Detroit in other music genres. So I think we have a clip here of... Um, we
0: do have a Moody Man clip.
1: Yeah, and, uh, let's check out a Moody Man clip. This is uh, Like You Used To. This is taken off of a self-titled album, and you'll you'll hear a lot of those influences in this cut. Ah. Thank you folks.
0: I mean, just from the opening rhythm there, which sounds like so much of the Motown sound. Uh, yes. Again, you're like, this is Detroit. This sounds like Detroit. You couldn't mistake it for any place else.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Detroit music has always been great to, in having those grand intros that sort of build mm-hmm. and, and, and pulsate and climax even before the vocals start. So, yeah, that, that's unique to Detroit. That is essentially Detroit right
0: there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got some callers who uh, want to jump in here. Let's start with Adriel in Northwest Detroit. Adriel, <laughs> welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Steven. Hey, hey what's going on, Chris?
1: Hey, what's Hi. happening, Adriel?
2: Hey, good to, good, to hear, good to hear you. Uh, well, you know, I've been an event producer in the city for a long time, and, of course, uh, dealing mainly with um, electronic music. Um, and one artist I did want to give some special love to was Mike Huckabee. Um, Who who passed away uh, last year uh, due to COVID complications, but whose impact uh, not only as uh, a techno producer or a house producer, but um, as a DJ's DJ uh, certainly impacted generations of
1: electronic music artists and DJs and uh while while we have you here Adriel I remember when he was uh the buyer for record time I used to go there all the time and he would hook me up with some (laughs) deep house gems my brother oh my goodness
2: you and me both you know I could walk in uh I I would always say that that uh you know, you would walk into record time and Mike would just hand you uh, a stack of records or point out something to you. You never even, I never even listened to it. It was just like, okay, you picked it up. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just bought it on the spot. You know, that's how good and in uh, sync he was, you know. So, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Adriel, uh, I really appreciate the call and, of course, the, the deep the deep knowledge of, uh, of uh, techno and its roots here in Detroit. Let's quickly go to Gail in Detroit. Gail, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, everybody knows about the Funk Brothers nowadays, but nobody knows about the band that backed Snoop and Dre and Warren Dree, G rather, uh, in the 90s
2: was a lot of Detroiters that were brought there by Tony Green, mm-hmm. who was the music director for the
1: Dramatics. And they he brought out the Dramatics for Doggy Dog World and resurrected their their uh, career for a while, too. So. Huh. Nobody
0: knows that. I, I did not know that, Gail. Uh, I appreciate the call and, and that information. Chris, uh, respond to that.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, uh, there's a video out there of uh, of the dramatics and Snoop Dogg. And they sort of married that G-funk of uh, uh, Dr. Dre, Warren G with that Motown sound. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful mix. Uh, so you've got the 60s um and you've got that 90s G-Funk, and it, it just sounds great. And there were several cuts. Uh, Dramatics uh, was one. Um, you know, Slum Village uh, did, did a couple cuts with a, a couple of those old-time groups as well. But it, it was a great sound and a great marriage of uh, musical heritages as well. Yeah.
0: Okay. Chris Campbell, host of The Progressive Underground, which you hear right here on WDET on Sundays at 8 p.m. Chris. Really great to have you on the air. Let's not uh, make it too long before we get to do this again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Thanks for joining us.
0: That's going to do it for us today. Come back on Monday when NPR national political correspondent and WDET alum Don Gagne is going to join me, along with Washington Post opinion columnist EJ Dion. This is 1019 WDET FM, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again on Monday.